Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. Quiet on the set. Start off with some squeaky chair noise. Hi guys, welcome to 5x5 at the Movies Christmas Edition. This will not be your normal news show that you've come to love and respect and pleasure yourself to. This will be uh, talking about how movies work and how film works and projection stuff. And I'm joined here by two professional projectionists and two-thirds of the Chicken Salad Boys, one of my favorite podcasts that I've never listened to. Uh, here is Tiernan and Josh. Hi, guys. Hey, Ruckus. Hey. Yeah, way closer to the mic. Get, we'll get closer. Yeah. We'll get nice just, and Just yeah. pretend like you're friends, yeah. Yeah, we can do that. We, we do a podcast. We know how to get close to microphones. When you guys do your podcast, do you have three mics? Yeah, we do. Yeah. That, we do. That's smarter than we, to share. Yeah, yeah, we have three mics, a uh, couple handheld ones, so it's like <gasps> a smart. good open mic style, you know. I've, uh, I've tossed around the idea of just changing to lapel mics. Those things are nightmares. Never use them. Okay, well, I'm not chucking that idea around in my head anymore. Yeah, bad bad plan. Okay, let's talk about movies. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to tell a story about Josh first. Is uh, I So I used to just be a special event host at the Alamo Draft House doing sing-alongs and quote-alongs and such. And I was at the Ritz location, which is like the scariest location, not only because there's hobos around that attack you almost constantly, but it's just an old creepy building with an old creepy elevator and i'm not gonna use the stairs or anything and then an old creepy guy upstairs an old creepy guy upstairs named josh and then what i didn't even know josh's name really and i just walked up there and i'm just like hey how does sound work on film and josh took like an hour of his life to explain to me how he could have just said magic and i would have been like cool and walked away but he took an hour of his life and explained to me how projection works he showed me projectors he did all this stuff and i will never forget that for the rest of my life so josh tell us how sound works on film <laughs> well i was lying to you back for the next yeah. hour oh that was lying back then it actually is just magic <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised no That's... you explained to me that there's like a, like how like a cassette tape works almost there's like a strip of tape in the in the 35 or 70 reel and that's where the sound is and that's how it's linked up and i never thought about i never thought about where the sound comes out of a film before that moment talk about film technology i don't know explain how a projector works i don't know (laughs) y'all are projectionists and entertain my audience yeah uh it's you know it is a very entertaining uh thing that we do i think that's why people prefer to watch us over the movies generally we want people up in the booth watching us make the movies happen than being in the theater watching the movies right um now the best way to be a projectionist is uh to not even have anyone realize that you exist most people think it is magic that's the the fun part about that's it. that's a really good point yeah people... i don't think about you when i'm watching a movie no you shouldn't because we're doing things up there that you don't want to know about and then if we if you do know about us, it's because we fucked up and we're eating a pizza or something. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Now explain how it works. Real real ballpoint or bullet point. Well, like ballpoint. Josh was going to go into with the sound. Uh, yes, there's. The, you mentioned Keith that there's tape on the side of the film, mm-hmm. which is semi true. It depends on the film format that we're using. Um, if you're thinking of the actual tape like a tape in a cassette player, that would be on a 70 millimeter magnetic soundtrack print. That's that type of tape that reads sound that way. On uh, 
<clears throat> other different types of 35 millimeter, you just have waveforms that are actually built onto the edge of the film strip. Um, they're just printed there, and it reads it with a little red light. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Or there's that. also digital sound, which was printed later on later uh, 35 millimeter, starting in the ni- like mid 90s or so. And the digital soundtrack is read by a computer processor and uh, reads it through time code. Yeah. And then eventually a DTS disc as well. And you have to put a, a disc syncs up with the time code of the print. And there you go. A lot of different exciting ways yeah. to read sound on a film print. Uh, that sounds boring. Yeah. And awful. All right, let's talk about y'all's favorite movies. What's your favorite movie, Tiernan? My favorite movie? Yeah. Right off the dome. Oh, man. Uh, Desert I, Island. Top. Well, you can only watch one movie the rest of your life. What is it? Uh, it's probably the original Godzilla. That's what? maybe my favorite movie. Yeah, I think. All right. It's either that or... Not uh, the Matthew Broderick one. No, not okay. the Matthew Broderick one. What if that was your favorite movie? Uh, that would be sad. That, that would, would be, be sad. very sad because it's a very bad Godzilla movie. Right. Um, although it does have uh, Jean, uh, what's his name in it? The professional. Renault, Leon, the, yeah, Jean Renault. Yeah. does have Jean Renault in it, and he does a, a a good impersonation of Elvis. So that's the one highlight of that movie. <laughs> Josh, what's your favorite movie? I think it's a close two-way tie between Baba's Black Sunday and probably Wong Kar Wai's Chungking Express. Those would be the two. If I could only have one, I would probably choose neither of them and just do probably uh, coming out soon, Welcome to Marwin. That's probably going to be the best <laughs> new movie, right? That's going to be everyone's new favorite? Yeah, of course. Yeah. If I was going to pick one movie to be on a desert island, I'd probably pick Titanic because it's long. You know, it's what, mm-hmm. three hours long. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it'll take a while to be repetitive, and there's a booby scene. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me when I watch the movies. Uh, that is important if you're thinking about a desert island, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how I'm getting electricity right. and how I'm watching things. What, what's a good desert island one? Like an island with people on a desert. Oh, Castaway, because you got that if you one. watch it, uh, it's going to help you learn how yeah, to survive. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If there was a movie that was just a manual on how to survive survive on a desert, that's the one you'd want. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about when you guys are at home. Right? Say you're at home, you know, it's like it's time to watch a movie. What's the light situation like? What size TV? What, what's the snacks at you? Let's 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 get into it. Uh, okay, well, home viewing. I have a forty-six inch TV. Um, I like it. Uh, it's a good size for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got to make sure the mo- th- motion smoothing is off. Yep. All those factory settings are all That's bullshit. What Scientology here, right? uh, God Tom Cruise said. He said, turn the motion. Did you see that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I okay. did see that. Yeah, he's with right. The, he's right. Very it's true. the only time I've ever agreed with Tom Cruise. Oh, that well, that's unfortunate. I agree with Tom Cruise on many subjects across the board. Like Zemo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number one with a bullet. Thetans. I don't know if you're being facetious or not, but we're going to skip over it because I don't want to offend you if that's your religious belief. <laughs> it's not. I don't want uh, anyone out there thinking Thetan, that's true. But go ahead. Keep going. So you got, you got your 40, you got your 40 Yeah, uh, I got a TV, TV and I like it. And uh, yeah. What's the lighting set you, on or off? I like my lights off, uh, especially if I'm watching a horror movie. Right. I, I, I don't think you can effectively judge a horror movie. Josh and I both really love horror movies. I can't. I don't think you can effectively judge a horror movie unless you have completely lights off and you're watching it alone and it's got to be like after 11 p.m. That's the only way to truly evaluate whether a horror movie is actually a good 
horror movie. What's the snack situation? I am at home usually just going on a six pack. Okay, beer. good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Maybe occasionally some popcorn. Okay, but uh, not not too frequently do I make popcorn snacks. Popcorn and beer. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's about it for me. All right, Josh. your turn, Josh. I got a bigger TV. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I can, no, it's not that much. It's a fifty-five inch uh, TLC. I like it a lot. They're pretty good brands for under a thousand dollars. I think the quality is nice. Um, it's you know, I, QLEDs are crazy cool, but they are like two grand. Oh uh, yeah, I guess if I we want to get technical, mine's an LG and it's LED as yeah. well. That's, that's important facts I forgot about. Uh, lights all the way down, of course, because I don't like lights up ever. Um, I, we work as projectionists in the dark, and then I go home in the dark. If I, I feel if I get more than two minutes of light, I probably would burn. Um, and snack-wise, I think my favorite movie snack is Twizzlers. Oh, yeah. that's a good pick. But what do you what do you having at home? Are you having Twizzlers at home? Yeah, why I mean, not? Like, why, uh, you you both are very fair skinned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. It's a true fact. <laughs> Uh, have you ever thought about taking a vitamin D supplement? I, I do. I, yeah, I, think I take about one it. too. It's good. It makes me a lot happier. Every time I see my doctor, every single time he, he goes, "Could you just go outside, please?" And so I have to take vitamin D, otherwise he'll yell at me. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose you could just drink a lot of milk. Yeah, that's just, also true. Just a gallon a day. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been in a fraternity in college? Either I was of you? not. I was not. I went to I, a tiny arts. I school. was. I had to do the gallon challenge of milk. I threw up a lot. Did you really? Yeah. That was part of your fraternity pledge week. Yeah, we did a bunch of like basic bullshit that you would see in a movie. Because oh, it was not a creative group of boys. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. It was awful. Did you do that? Have to do the elephant walk. They didn't have to do the elephant walk. A lot of, like, wake you up at, like, 3 a.m., banging trash cans. Okay. Come on, we're going for a run. and Sure. Uh, you know, like, blindfold you and be like, we're going to make you eat shit. Open your mouth. And it's like a, like a hostess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classy. Classy. <laughs> you know, you know when, you're, when you're 19, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll do whatever you can to get a laugh. There you go. All right, let's talk about your podcast, which is on hiatus right now. It's currently on hiatus. Is Chicken it ever coming salad, back, boys? Uh, I hope so. All right. We wa- we just have both gotten extremely busy, and our our, our other co-host Luke Vysick, mm-hmm. uh All three of us have gotten really busy recently. So, so it wasn't that you ran out of places to eat chicken salad. Oh, Far God, from no. it. No, there's so many more to have. Yeah, there's so many chicken salad establishments in Austin alone, and we haven't even started traveling the world with the show so <laughs> is that the eventual goal it's, when oh, we yeah. run out of austin then where we're just gonna have to salad originate <laughs> where did originally oh god liam gray yeah liam gray and, and that was, was in rhode island yeah yeah but you actually know that makes me really happy <laughs> <laughs> i would have hoped i was gonna make fun of you if you didn't like you got a podcast about chicken salad you don't know where it's from yeah this guy named liam gray had a deli in rhode island it only closed down like a few years ago yeah. man if it was still open you could have done like a mecca trip it would have been amazing I know. Yeah, he is a deity, so. Yeah, he's our chicken salad god these days. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, we our show, we, we eat chicken salad sandwiches, and we talk about that, and, uh, you know, it's real goofy. We, we just fuck around a whole bunch. Salad. Uh, let's talk about the life of a projectionist, because uh, I assume you all sleep in pretty late, as it, do I. It's pretty wild, because we have also slightly different schedules than most projectionists. Why? Um, because with the company we're at, the Alamo Draft House, we have a lot of early morning private events that we have to be there to run tech for, as well as the films we're running at night. So our schedules vastly differ between, I had like a couple 
shifts this week that started at 8 a.m. or earlier, and then I'll have a shift the next day that will not start until 6 p.m. and go until 2 a.m. or so. That's so, awful. Yeah, it oh, yeah. jumps around a whole bunch, and we have to go to six different locations in town here. So. Oh, uh, soon to be seven. Oh, yeah. Is that official? Can you say that? Yeah, that's announced. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure. I mean, I've, I found out because I saw an announcement on the internet. Oh, on good. Facebook. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I didn't even know there's going to be a seventh Alamo draft house in Austin. Yep. That's what we need. Yeah, another one. <laughs> no. one more. Uh, we'll talk about 70 millimeter films. And I think, Josh, I think you both were working when uh, The Hateful Eight came out. Oh, yeah. It was a back-breaking a movie, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was hosting on Christmas Day. Were either of you there Christmas Day? I was there. It was Christmas Day, yeah. and it was me. I think we were both there. Yeah. yeah, I remember, I remember you wearing yeah. a sweater. Yeah, and then you. I remember my favorite part of that is when you told the crowd about me up at the booth, and they all creepily turned around and Oh, I did up. do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just saw like 180 people just go, Ooh, Yeah, so way. it's a really big theater with balconies and everything, and we're playing The Hateful Eight like five times that day. Is it? Is that... It yeah, it's probably usually yeah. four days. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like three and a half hours. Three, three and a half hours is an intermission. It's on 70 millimeter, which means if you think of a regular film reel, it's 35. It's double the size of that, and it's right thicker. Well, I, I mean, like lengthwise. Yeah, I mean, size, the right? reel itself weighs like far, on width. the width. Widthwise. Width. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like that. It's like a bigger spool. It's just. Yeah, it's wider. Okay. Because I always thought I just meant it was a lot longer. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's the. the the length would be the same as 35 in, in terms of how long the actual movie is and how long it's running for, how many feet it actually runs in each reel. Um, it'll be, but the the gauge is much wider. It's it's double. Yeah. So like, gauge. if you imagine a regular film reel is like a little bit bigger circumference than a bowling ball, uh, but the 70 millimeter is like Captain America's shield. Yeah. It is big sucker. So when you guys are running something like that, and Tarantino insisted that his movie run on seventy millimeter, if it was going to run early in these roadshow versions of the uh, film, uh, you guys had to manually change these really heavy reels over and over and over again throughout the film. Yes, because it was so long, we had to double up each reel onto uh, one big reel for each two reels, so they were twice as heavy as normal. Ugh. Um, so each each reel was about fifty pounds. Fifty to sixty pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And there was six reels for that one? There was one? five. Well, it took ten five. reels and turned it to That's five. Right. Yeah. Wow. It was originally ten reels, and we doubled them up to, or the studio actually doubled them up for us uh, to five, which was nice, but also heavy, and gave Josh some back problems. Yep, I had to go to the doctor, yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's commitment. And I got a pat on the back from old QT himself. Did you really? Yeah, he came on uh, opening night of it? or It was a couple days. A like couple a days in, or something. Something like that. Yeah, he came in the first week, uh, surprise visit, and I got a call at like 9 a.m. that morning saying, this show better be the best show you've ever run in your life. <laughs> <laughs> so he came up and thanked me and was really courteous and nice and Thanks. thanked us on stage as well. Yeah, so I'm Jewish, so I spent the whole of Christmas Day watching this movie over and over and over again, mm -hmm. uh, which I love the movie, and I watch it a lot to this day, and now it is so into my soul as a Christmas movie, even mm -hmm. though it's not a Christmas movie, because on Christmas I spent the whole day watching it. But I would say, hey guys, just you know, turn around, you know, wave to your projectionist. Mm -hmm. They're they're lifting these gigantic fucking reels for you on Christmas while you sit there and eat your pizza. So yeah. and you gotta you, know, you perfectly hit that button so each reel starts into the next reel flawlessly, so they don't see anything. That's right. Any screw ups? And yeah, if you see a screw, if even if like a few seconds of a screw up, it'll screw up the whole show, sort of. Yeah, it'll throw yeah. things off. Yeah, it'll be if you see a sliver of black or whatever in between, it's because we weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. 
Which we don't do. Yeah, of course not. Uh, how often would you say that there are projection malfunctions? Uh, I should also say for people that don't know, like most movies now are not on 70 yeah, millimeter or 35 millimeter. Yeah. They're all digital now. It's like it's a rarity to have them come out, right? On for the, new releases, for yeah, sure, for releases. yeah. Uh, but how often would you say there is a fuck up when you're dealing with reels? Uh, if you think about it, like let's say you're running a movie and you're running uh, it four times in one day, and then that means there's five reels for each show, and that means there's five chances for a fuck-up, and you do that four times a day, and you do that for weeks on end, eventually human error kind of potentially gets in the way, but we try our best to make sure that never happens. Right. But then also we're dealing with machinery that is for old. I mean, at this point, they haven't been making this equipment for years, um, and it's getting harder and harder to service, and you're getting uh, less and less people who know how to do it and less people who know how to maintain it. So sometimes the circumstances beyond your control happen, a, a reader fails, a part fails, and then you have to hope for the best that you can fix it or someone can come in to fix it. Sounds yeah. like you're sitting on a gold mine where you should just teach yourself how to fix this shit and then charge people to fix them. Uh, there are people who do that already, and <laughs> we work with them a lot. Got yeah. it. Uh, I was hosting a Howard the Duck screening. I think it was on 70 millimeter. Yes, it was. And it crapped yeah. out in the middle. Yeah. Remember? What, uh, what happened? Gosh. It was like the sound or something. Like, because the movie kept going. I think it was a failure in the mag- magnetic soundtrack. Uh, 200s. I know. I think, I think if I remember that one correctly, the guys who had shipped it to us, who showed it previously, had rewound a reel, flipped inside out basically oh so the soundtrack oh. was on the wrong side so the soundtrack was on the gotcha. wrong side gotcha. and was not reading correctly um and then so the film would have been also showing backwards yeah so the film was backwards but not it wasn't upside down so it wasn't right, noticeable but, to yeah. us it just looked it was just like right. oh this is weird now how it's facing flip. left instead of facing right yeah um so that was due in fact to the part that we what josh was saying i think is that we had before that show that you saw we were going to run a tech screening of it to make sure the print ran fine, but that's when we had card failure mm-hmm. with the sound processing unit. So we had to make so we weren't ever able to do a full run through of the movie without an audience because we had to deal with major malfunctions, fix those, right. and then it got so late that we didn't have time to do another check of the full. How are the duck easily in my top five favorite films of all time? Is it really? Absolutely. All right. And uh, what a movie to fuck up the sound on because the soundtrack is incredible. And my favorite part is just that I walked out in front of the crowd and I talked about it being on on like real film for like eight straight minutes and how like privileged they are and how wonderful it is and then like 20 minutes into the film just, pfft, I'm like okay we're gonna switch to the DVD I didn't even go in front of the audience I just made an announcement from the back of the theater and then ran yeah cause I must still look like a dick yeah it's, it's that can be the tough part of uh, our world is yeah things Troubleshooting, happen yeah. and when they happen it's not always a quick fix something like that would have taken 30 minutes or so to fix so yeah. Instead of just saying, everyone hold on to your butts for 30 minutes and wait, we're just going to start the digital version instead to get past it. Man, that happened to me in a theater in New York one time. It was when Happy Feet came out, and it was Christmas Day. I went to go see Happy Feet. Uh, oh, I love Happy Feet. Uh, and then the it was an IMAX, and they couldn't get it started. And then the theater manager had to come out in the front and tell people, like, hey, we're, we're trying to figure it out. Like, it's going to take some time. It definitely took, like, a half hour to figure out. But I'll never forget this New York crowd started throwing shit at this poor theater manager 
which I'm used to being from Philly, but not in any other city. And they were throwing popcorn and can- full sodas and shit. Aww. And I've never seen like this, you know, this middle-aged man just so fucking defeated, just looking at, just taking it, not even trying to block the shit. He's like, well, at least they're being entertained. I'll never forget <laughs> that as long as I live. Oy. That's a rough one. What's the, what's the worst day you ever had at work? Oof, the worst? I feel like we, we've had a couple shifts together where we've had some really awful things to deal with. So it was probably yeah. one of those. Uh, I, 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 it ended up being, I remember one that was terrible, but it ended up being, like, later I was proud of, is when we had a, a DTS unit failed on one of the two projectors. What's that? So it's just what how uh, on a more modern seventy prints that have been printed in the last ten fifteen years. Right. Um, they have a, a digital soundtrack basically that's based off of a little CD, and then there's this little reader on the projector that it, it time codes to the thing, okay. and, and that's how you get a nice crisp, beautiful digital sound. And if there are like dirt or scratches on the print, it won't affect the quality of the sound. Okay, so uh, pause. Yeah. There is an actual CD that comes with the print. Yep. Yeah. And you As stick it in. To being, so, it's a data disc. Yes. Okay, so you lied to me when we were talking about uh, how sound works on 70 millimeters. Well, there's m- a lot of different types. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay, just yeah. making sure. There's mag- this, this Keep can, going. You can run DTS for 35 as well, not just 70. Okay. Yeah. All right, fucking I hit, hit it. Keep so going. the machine that does the, the, the cross-communication talk between the, the reader and the unit basically malfunctioned, so there was no way to have sound at all off of the specific print on that specific projector, and it takes two projectors to make changeover happen. You've got real one on projector one, you've got real two on projector two, and then suddenly it becomes three and four and five and it keeps going. But because one entirely died, I had to run the entire movie off of just one projector. That means that every se- the second it's done, I have to re-thread the next reel on it, so there's an awkward pause. Oh, yeah. For, for That's me to- terrible. But I've been doing it for a long time so i made it fast but still it was how, how fast uh within less than a minute uh, like 30 so you nascar that shit basically wait was it lawrence of arabia it was lawrence of arabia oh, somebody told me this story that yeah. was in the audience <laughs> yeah so it was a uh, like over what four hour long movie that i had to thread 14 reels on one projector and it was just like it got to the point where servers were coming to watch me do it because they were hearing about it and then the customers in the balcony were coming out so i did kind of feel like a like a race car driver yeah. or like like pits the pit stop dudes so you and uh, can you, for our listeners, make that noise one more time, please? <laughs> Thank you very much. That's how you make the yeah, sockets I, and stuff, right? I have, yeah. a, I have an ex whose favorite movie is Lawrence of Arabia, and like every time it's on any sort of print, like she's got to go see it. Mm-hmm. And she told me like it was like the longest screening of Lawrence of Arabia ever because she was just sitting there with these jolted pauses. That's yeah. really funny. That was you. Yeah, ha. Just doing what I could to keep it alive, but it sucked. Tiernan, what's your worst day at work? Uh, I had an old, at my last projection job, I had a, it wasn't something that happened directly to me, but then I had to deal with the fallout of it. And anybody who's run projection in the, you know, before the last seven or eight years, really, um, and maybe even still now a little bit, has dealt with platter systems, which platter systems we don't use here at the Alamo anymore, but it was the common multiplex way of running films on a daily basis. And that's when you put all the reels together on one giant platter platter yeah but they're all glued together so it just keeps pulling and feeding so you never have to switch over a reel that's making your job superfluous kind of (laughs) you still have to deal with a lot of the shit and and you have to build the platter build you have to build all each each 
movie is, you know, between four and ten reels or however long, and you have to build those all up, put the trailers on them. And the biggest pain in the butt about that system is that every week when it was like, oh, you got to change the trailers out, you have to put a little stopper in, find where the end of the trailers are, pull them out, snap them off, and then figure out how to get them in again. It, that was really not the best fun thing to do. But there was one day where I was coming upstairs, and just as I was getting in, someone was moving uh, if you wanted to move a movie to a different theater, you'd have to put the entire plattered film onto like a big carrying type of uh, sheet of wood or metal or however whatever right. you had, and then carry it to another projector platter system and slide it on there like a big pancake. Cool. And then uh, I was walking in right as my manager was moving it by herself, which was against the rules. You always had to use someone else to help you carry it. And right as she was like, walking towards me, the entire thing just started falling out of a hole in the middle of the rig that she had set up. <laughs> and I watched this like whole movie just fall out underneath her. And I spent the next 12 hours piecing it back together with her and untwisting it and unspooling it out of this awful spaghetti mess of film. That it does was, sound awful. It was a nightmare. It was a true and awful nightmare. And there's like no way that print wasn't horribly, horribly scratched oh, and yeah. dirty and everything. It was yeah. filthy at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's of that. A terrible. Yeah. Can you now? Can you fix that? Or like, is it worth trying to fix that? Yeah, because the studio charges two thousand dollars for each replacement reel. So if we sense. just said we need a replacement, they would charge for us the whole movie. For the whole movie, yeah, Got and it, it was some you know yeah. be like maybe eight or ten thousand dollars that we'd have to replace. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, here now, if we were to somehow be in that situation, we'd take care of it and get it replaced. But back in the old like theater days when you ran seven screens or 14 screens on a prince and everything was going to be recycled anyway, there was like almost a lack of care about it because you didn't think about it in the preservation sense mm-hmm. like we have to now with prints and film. They're only struck so often, so you do everything you can in the power to make sure that it's perfect and not touched or not scratched or get dirt on it because anything that gets on that print stays on that print forever because the emulsion... Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can run prints through cleaners as well, but even that wears on the print over time. You can't clean prints too often or too much because that'll wear on the emulsion as well. It sounds like uh, film is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Film is worth saving and preserving. I'm just kidding. In fact, we're uh, we're right next to an office that does that called Agfa, which I'm going to do an entire episode on later. But uh, for our listeners that are wondering where the strange beep in the background is and why it's not here, it's we're in a different room. And we are currently in a room with, I would say, at least a thousand reels. There's probably more than 2,000 trailers in here. So it's all trailers that they... When they have 35 prints, they glue on. And it's really funny that we're talking about this for the first time and just covered in reels and film everywhere. I don't know. Describe the room. Yeah, we're the, the walls. We actually, uh, our little nickname for it, I don't know if you know this, Keith, but we call this the morgue because of all these trays. They look like the trays of bodies in a morgue, and oh, they, they slide do. out in a similar fashion, and they're all filled with cadavers of uh, <laughs> film trailers. Of film. Yeah. yeah, I look over, there's Judge Dredd. That makes me happy. I love that movie. I love yeah. Judge Dredd. That's a great one. Yeah. All right, uh, in the last, say, two minutes we have for this episode, guys, tell me if someone wants to be a projectionist, uh, how do they do it, and should they do it? Uh, (laughs) It's impossible, and get out of it. Get out of it now. Don't even try. There's no worth (laughs) nothing. Don't even bother. Okay. No, no, that's not true. If you you want. Actually, we need a lot of help. (laughs) Contact us directly, (laughs) and we'll get you a job. 
that's also not true. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you do are if you are seriously interested in film preservation and the further presentation of film, 35 or otherwise, you should check out AMIA, A-M-I-A. Uh, they have a website. I think it's just AMIA.com or AMIAConference.com, something like that. Yeah, the archive of... of uh, yeah, it's the uh, Moving, moving Image Ar Archivists. Ar yeah. the, the, the Association of Moving Image Archivists. And they're a great resource. They put on training seminars a few times a year in some different cities. And they have a giant conference every year in Boston, I believe. Um, and they work with Boston Light and Sound and a lot of great other uh, groups out of Chicago and New York and down here as well. We, we are directly uh, connected with that group and, and try and do training through them when we can. And they're excellent, excellent resource for if you are interested in that type of thing. Shit got real for a second. <laughs> that was some big plug info. for Amia. I don't know. Why I right. went so hard for something that I don't get paid by. <laughs> yeah. Should, should they? Should they? Should anyone become a projectionist? Is it rewarding? Do you like it? Aspects of it, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it for over fifteen years. I guess I must like it a little bit. Right. Yeah. I've go. been doing it for almost nine years. All right. So. How about how about plug plugs for my guests? Uh, where can we hear backlogged? Uh, episodes of Chicken Salad Boys. Yeah, check out sick Chicken Salad Boys. Uh, not Sick and Chalice Boys. Sick and Chalice Boys. I'm going to start a podcast called that where I pretend to be y'all. <laughs> the sickly version of us? Yeah. Um, our podcast is on Apple Podcasts. It's on Stitcher. It's on the Blueberry one. I don't even know if anybody uses that. Chicken Blueberry. Um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud as well. So wow. get on any of those apps and check search for Chicken Salad Boys. There's about 35 or so hours of content you can listen to. And of you guys eating chicken salad. Yeah, mostly that and also just being total fucking idiots. So right. you can hear us. We It's a lot sillier than uh, than we're being now. We goof around a lot more. So You should have been sillier here. <laughs> but this is the serious show. This is not serious. We came to do your serious show. Uh, it's, it's pretty serious. Okay, I thought right. so. It's not really serious. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you, Keith. Bye. Thank you for having us. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. Keith and Mason here. Hi. Uh, just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And thank a Happy New Year. Abs well, we're going to be back before New Year. Happy New Year. Okay, that's why. Uh, thank we'll you be back for, before the New Year. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments and your emails. Uh, if you want to see pictures of the weird room that we recorded in today, please go to our Facebook 5x5 at the Movies. Uh, questions, concerns, criticisms, of course, go to 5x5atthemovies.com. Thank you so, so much to my guests Tiernan O'Rourke and Josh Brown. Happy from, New Year. From Chicken Salad Boys. Uh, uh, please uh, thank you, Dan Benjamin, Hattie Cook, and the 5x5 Network. Our theme is produced by Dan Richardson, and it's you know, new this time because there's jingle bells. Jingle bells, because it's Christmas. Right. You're going to celebrate Christmas. Uh, no, I'm Jewish, so I actually will be spending my uh, holiday in the movie theater because that's what Jews do besides eat Chinese food. Anyone can see a movie on Christmas, though. That's what makes Christmas so magical and special. <laughs> Why are you acting like such a... Okay, I mean, I guess it's Christmas today, so you can be happy. Thank you for subscribing and supporting. Find us on Patreon. Are we on Patreon? No, Dan Benjamin is. Oh, find Dan Benjamin on Patreon. Yeah, give, give him, him money. money. <laughs> hey! Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Do go give him money because he's the one that lets us do our show. And uh, maybe we'll do an episode for Patreon for him. And then He's never going to let us do that. I'm, I bet he will. Okay. He find us on show. Patreon. 
<laughs> we'll see you next week with another 5x5 five five the movies. Merry Christmas and roll credits.